Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Find great people that have done this before. Try to learn from them. Partner up. Don't, don't go at it alone out of the gate. In every single one of the, uh, the ventures that, that I've started, it's always been with great people that have known a lot more than me, especially about the, the, the entry points that we're going into. And as we, we even at Lending Home see our operators and our borrowers, a variety of them always seek out a mentor to get started. Best ever listeners, wouldn't it be nice to have a $2 million pre-approval line of credit? Uh, just think about that. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't that be nice? How would that help you get more deals done? Because when you submit a pre-approval line of credit with your offer on a fix and flip house, do you think it's going to stand out more? I think so. And our friends at Fun That Flip, you know Fun That Flip, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show before many times. He's a friend of mine. He's also the owner of Fun That Flip and they're a sponsor of today's episode. What they're doing is they're giving a $2 million pre-approval line of credit up to $2 million pre-approval line of credit for qualified buyers. And my gosh, in this competitive buying market, sellers prefer to sell to buyers who have a high likelihood of closing, right? Makes sense. Well, use this pre-approval line of credit from Fund That Flip and that will signal to the seller that you're the real deal and you'll be able to close quickly. It's free. All you got to do is go to fundthatflip.com. You've got to qualify that you have prior experience and there's a process, but it's free and you need to go to fundthatflip.com to get the pre-approval line of credit because this is a way that's going to help your short-term rehab loan happen because you're going to get the deal for the property where you need the short-term rehab loan. Go to fundthatflip.com and get that pre-approval line of credit for up to $2 million. Best ever listeners, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. This is a show where we cut out all the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know who he is. Uh, Tom Wheelwright, who used to be Robert Kiyosaki's CPA. Go listen to that interview if you want to learn about 1031 exchanges. And today we're talking to a successful entrepreneur in real estate. How are you doing, Matt Humphrey? Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Nice to have you on the show, my friend. Then a little bit about Matt, and then he'll get into it. He is the co-founder and CEO of Lending Home which is a leading mortgage marketplace lender. They've had some 
explosive growth. Lending Home has funded over $550 million in mortgage loans and grew loan originations six times in 2015 versus 2014. He's also the creator of Home Run, which is an e-commerce platform, and him and his team achieved a 100 plus million dollar acquisition in just under 18 months. He's based in San Francisco, California, and their website is lendinghome.com. With that being said, Matt, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, absolutely. My personal background, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was a little bit of that guy. I went to Carnegie Mellon when I was 13, finished my CS degree, came out of the technical world, so major in computer science, finished when I was 18, went straight into an MBA, and then just started building companies. Caught the startup bug, did a variety of things over the last, I guess, 11 years now, which is crazy to say, across a variety of spaces. The last nine and a half, 10 years was out in the Bay Area. And again, did everything from 3D virtual worlds to consumer internet, Facebook apps, e-commerce, which was the company Home Run that you mentioned, and now innovating in the mortgage and real estate world. And so after we sold the Home Run business, was actually looking at a lot of investment opportunities, both angel investments out here with technology companies, as well as real estate investments. And and as I was looking at real estate, also got nudged in the direction of a variety of private mortgage funds. And those private mortgage funds focused a lot on esoteric asset classes that banks didn't finance. One of the main ones was the bridge loan sector. So a lot of fix and flip or or buy and flip or rehab financing, depending on your flavor of terminology. And as we looked at the space, realized that There were a lot of funds all across the country, small and medium-sized funds doing this very successfully, but no one had actually rolled it up, built a national scale brand, did this online, used technology to make the process simple, fast, reliable, and then figured out how to make very, very reliable loans on a national scale. And so that actually led to the stimulus of starting Lending Home back in 2013. And as you mentioned, we've grown pretty rapidly since then. How many companies did you start before you sold the one for over $100 million? Uh, that was, depending on how you count, there were a couple pivots in there where company A turned to company B, but it was either four or five before that. So this is either six or seven, depending on how you count. But it was uh, a little bit of way back in the day during uh, the undergraduate years, building a variety of scrappy things with, with a few college buddies that ultimately we didn't work out, but almost built a business. Mm-hmm. And then a variety of things that generated a bunch of cash and income, but didn't really build meaningful equity value. It got a little bit better every time, and then it grew through Home Run, which is very successful, and then I'm by far and away most proud of Lending Home. I think we're solving a massive customer need across the bridge sector and others. It's a very complicated business to do well, but we think we've really leveraged technology and the online distribution channel in a unique way that no one else has in this world, and then opening up not just the borrower side, but the retail investor side for our credit investors has, we've seen fantastic receptivity so far. So it's definitely the biggest, hairiest problem that I've taken on to date, but the most fun. And I think we're, we're building a hell of a business. We'll get to lending home in a second. I just want to also focus on how you got to this point a little bit. You said you did four to five or you know, roughly, depending on how you count it, depending on the pivots, companies before, home run. And there are multiple industries. I mean, I was trying to type as fast as you talk and 3D world and I heard Facebook in there and some other things. What was the a couple learnings that you took from those ventures that didn't work out or were making some money but didn't have much equity that you applied to home run? I think at the end of the day, just solving a real deep customer need is a very useful lesson, especially 
somebody coming out of the technology world like I did, you know, it, oftentimes you can build cool technology, but there might not be a market for it. Or you can build a smaller social application that, again, generates a bunch of cash, gets a lot of eyeballs and page views and a lot of ad revenue, but doesn't necessarily solve a real long-term deep customer need. And so with Home Run, we applied that same excellence in technology and operations and the ability to grow a company, but we applied it to a space where small business owners wanted to grow their business and customers wanted to find new great small businesses to buy goods and services from. And so we built an online marketplace that facilitated that and made that easy and made that very efficient. Similarly with Lending Home, when you look at the inefficiencies of banks, lots of segments and customers that can't get financing from banks, the inability for an investor to have direct access to really attractive mortgage assets without going through other funds or things that are going to strip lots of fees out and other ways to look at that problem. I think both of the last two that have done what I would argue is, is pretty well entrepreneurially have really focused on first starting with a deep customer need and a deep customer pain and then saying, how can you solve that through technology and how can we build a really long-term sustainable business from this? And so that's learning number one. And then number two would just be, be willing to fail fast and iterate. If I would have gotten discouraged after number one or number two or number three, something like Lending Home would, might not exist or you know, someone else would be probably be doing it. But it's uh, definitely in an entrepreneurial journey. There's lots of stops and starts. There's some things you get right. There's some things you get wrong. And I think accepting failure, moving on and just never making the same mistake twice, taking those learnings and getting a little bit better every time. It's been a fun ride so far. On the lending home side with borrowers, who is your typical borrower? What's their background and what are they looking for? We've done a couple different product segments and we're testing a couple different product segments uh, on lending home today. But the vast majority of the volume we've done to date, and I believe you quoted 550 million, which is the last press release. I think we're now north of 650 million. So every month or two that goes by, we get the brand even further and further out across the US, which we're excited about. That said, the customer segment that, we're, that we've been focused on right out of the gate is around short duration bridge loans. So this is a, generally a real estate operator. It could be a very seasoned, very experienced operator. It could be somebody who's doing this for the first time that has a real estate project. They want to find a home and maybe acquire it and then resell it for a gain. They might find a home, put some rehabilitation dollars into it, and again, get an accretion of value and then again, sell it for a gain. They might be bridging from purchase to then putting a tenant in, turning it into a rental property for income, and then refining out to a different kind of product. But it's really a real estate operator that's in the business of making money out of the home is finding a, finding a property that either has high potential or is very well priced. And they come to us for uh, what is generally one year of financing that allows them to get some leverage on their equity, buy homes, and then ultimately uh, make a nice gain on them, whatever the, uh, whatever the end outcome is. Why do borrowers love that? Because again, we finance this asset class where a lot of banks do not. Their alternatives might be private money or true hard money. And we've rolled this up in an institutional grade way. We've done it online. We've accessed massive pockets of capital that can drive down that cost of capital for borrowers. And we've done all that heavy lifting in between such that somebody can walk up and get very competitive rates, a really simple process. They, other than oftentimes signing the final docs at that title, they can do the entire process end to end online, which makes it really, really effective, efficient, and and generates a lot of happiness for the customers that oftentimes come back to us for multiple loans. Right. And you make money from the spread probably between what you give the investor 
to invest in this loan to what you offer it to the borrower plus perhaps points and maybe maintenance on it? Is that correct or is there other ways? Good question. We have a variety of methodologies. We know that in some environments, borrowers prefer higher points, lower rate. In some environments, they prefer the opposite. And so we have a variety of constructs. What we try to do is we try to make the fair amount of revenue that we think makes sense given the loans that we're sourcing and maintaining whether, again, whether it's the fees, a gain on sale, a servicing spread, because we are servicing the loans or some interest spread between those four revenue streams, we try to make sure that that sums to something that keeps the lights on for us and and builds a sustainable, viable business. But you're absolutely right. Borrowers will often pay some fees up front, generally anywhere from a point to two points. And then on the back end, when we're selling loans to investors, we'll keep a small strip that is essentially to compensate us for servicing the loan, because not only do we originate, will service all the way through that onboarding, that one year, and then when the borrower wants that ultimate payoff, they deal with lending home all the way through, even if because of our business model where we're a marketplace, we might sell that loan off to a third party investor, either again, accredited investors on the platform or big institutions, but we're that single point of contact for that borrower all the way through the process. So it sounds like your company could be described as a crowdfunding platform. Is that correct? We tend to shy away from the term crowdfunding for a number of reasons. In essence, we do have a P2P component. We have an accredited investor platform that I'm really excited about. We launched it early this year. We've already put tens of millions of volume through that platform. We have hundreds of accredited investors, even within the first couple months. Many of those investors are now upsizing their accounts after only seeing one or two payments. The loan performance has been fantastic. Um, right, you know, folks right. who, can, who can walk up and get access to yields in the 9-10% range yeah. um, on underlying loans that are only one year and secured, or their notes are backed by loans that are secured. It's a very interesting proposition. And so there is a P2P component. The reason we shy away from the term crowdfunding is a few things. One, we got our start institutional. The first 500 million of loans or so were all sold to large institutions, private equity firms, hedge funds, mortgage REITs, university endowments, securitization channels. There's been a variety of the largest, most high scrutiny institutions who have done deep diligence on us, understood how we're pricing our loans, understanding what our credit profile is, actually coming into on-site visits, visiting our operations, making sure we're buttoned up. And I think what that's allowed us to do, even though that's a little bit higher bar for us to get over than simply offering up loan opportunities to an accredited investor base. We wanted to make sure that that platform was institutional grade. And so we started institutional first, where a lot of our competitors start retail first. And so by doing that, most of our volume to date has been institutional. We got our start institutional. In order to scale this quickly, we'll probably pass that 700 million loan mark in the next couple of weeks. To scale this quickly after lending for only about two years You have to have really deep pockets of capital to do that. And so for those reasons, we start institutional. The other reason I would say that we don't leverage the term crowdfunding, even though we have the peer-to-peer component, is that we actually are a direct lender. So where the crowdfunding connotation generally means that opportunities are posted and investors decide whether they want to fund it. And if enough funding comes in, the loan goes through. Well, what we do, because we want to, be that simplest, fastest, and most reliable way for a borrower to get a loan, we say to that borrower, we're lending to you. And if we choose to sell it on the peer-to-peer platform, 
we're going to stand by that loan. You're going to get our capital. And then we're going to get that capital back from those retail investors. And so in that way, we're a direct lender. We're not just an introduction. Right. And the borrower can operate with confidence knowing that that loan's going to get done. They don't have to wait for 10 or 20 or 30 individual peer-to-peer investors to say that they want it. Does that right. make sense? Yeah I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, so Some crowdfunding platforms fund it and then raise the money and some don't. Yep. Um, so what recommendation would you have? I, I want to get back on kind of track with based on your background because I think it's really interesting. If someone were wanting to start a business, whether it's real estate or whether it's not real estate related, what advice would you tell them if they had an idea but they hadn't tested it? I mean, are did you, for all of your startups, did you test the ideas? And if so, do you have a process for doing so? And, and perhaps you even you know, use Lending Home, for example, on how you tested it? That's a great question. When my co-founder James and I were thinking about this in the middle of 2013, as we were ideating the concept, and we had both been introduced to the world of private lending and non-bank lending, and we had a hunch that while the ultimate aim of the company is to be across all of residential mortgage and really rebuild that process from end to end with technology and make it great all the way through to be the best way to get a mortgage. We knew that bridge would probably be our starting point. But at the same time, it wasn't obvious to us out of the gate that you could build an online brand to do this. Most of the competition were fairly established players, either individuals, small funds, or even medium-sized funds that might have operations across a few states. They have lots of brick and mortar relationships with operators. And so to your question about testing, what we actually, one of the first things we did was we put up a simple landing page explaining the value proposition or what the value proposition would be. It wasn't even real yet. We hadn't built the site. We didn't have the backing. We hadn't raised any capital. We couldn't lend. We explained the value proposition and we actually drove the first few hundred dollars of paid search traffic to it. And we set ourselves a goal, and the goals were a few things. One, if we're going to build a big business, we need to see that there's actually volume for this. If people aren't looking for this online or we can't figure out how to find these customers online, then it's going to be hard to grow the business. So we needed volume. We needed the cost to be reasonable. So if we're going to pay $150 a click and only 1% is going to convert, those economics aren't going to work. We actually tested those economics and saw that the clicks were actually reasonably priced. And the third was, are people going to see the value proposition and balance so they can actually engage with the site? What's reasonably priced? A few dollars. Where when you think about, and I'll combine it with the third thing I'm about to speak about, when you combine the click cost with what percentage of people make it all the way through that funnel, we would see the ability to acquire a customer for hundreds of dollars, not thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. And in a mortgage transaction, there's thousands of dollars of revenue. So once you see a business where you can acquire for hundreds, you can then make thousands on the back end, that ends up being a good business. And as we, we saw that it was high conversion, we saw that it was a deep channel, we saw that the economics had a shot of working, we didn't fully know its scale yet. And then as we saw that very few of our competitors were actually meaningfully doing this through online channels, we actually saw that it, it was a good opportunity. And so then the next thing we did was we went to a, a, a venture capitalist, Foundation Capital, who uh, had backed my last company, Home Run, and we pressure tested the concept with experts. Uh, Charles, who was our lead investor in our Series A, who put money in a few weeks later, actually was on the board of Lending Club and a bunch of the other leading fintech companies across the country. 
And so as we pressure tested, can we raise capital for this? Is this going to be a valuable business? If we raised equity financing, what would those economics look like? How fast would we have to grow to become interesting? Once we saw the customer validation and once we saw the, the investor validation, we realized that we had something to, on our hands and we decided to press go on it. When you go to the venture capitalists, the, the group that invested in your last deal that went well, what's their role in the process? Is it just funding it? Yeah, I think it's a few things. It's funding it. It's mentorship and advice. It's generally a board seat and oversight on a uh, monthly or quarterly basis of how we're doing. It's a resource that if there's a key hire or there's something I don't know about or, you know, I'm, I'm you know, again, even as an nth time entrepreneur, you're always learning, right? And folks who have been in this world 10, 20, 30 years longer than I have are, are excellent mentors. In this case with Charles, fintech platform after fintech platform after fintech platform, never in the mortgage sector, but just generally, what are the patterns that these companies go through? What's hard? What's easy? What do we have to get in front of? As we scale, what issues are we going to hit? Those kind of questions, in addition to just capital, was very worthwhile. And then we've felt fortunate to raise three rounds of capital since then. So we raised the A from Charles, the B from Mickey at Rivet Capital, and the C from Joe Chen at, at a firm called RenRen. And uh, all three have been on our board and have been very thoughtful and helpful in us growing the business. Matt, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Find great people that have done this before. Try to learn from them. Partner up. Don't go at it alone out of the gate. In every single one of the ventures that I've started, it's always been with great people that have known a lot more than me, especially about the entry points that we're going into. And as we, we even at Lending Home see our operators and our borrowers, a variety of them always seek out a mentor to get started. I think there's no shortage of folks out there that know this world, whether it's on the commercial side, whether it's on the residential side, seek out a mentor, be willing to partner up, even if all the economics don't flow through to you at right out of the gate, and then use that as a springboard to grow and launch your business. And I think whether you're doing entrepreneurial things in the technology world, or you're doing entrepreneurial things in the real estate world, I think that that trial error and learning approach is something that rings true no matter what the focus area. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a 401k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's S-E-N-S-E financial.com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self-directed 401k and IRA programs. You can request your free consultation at sensefinancial.com. Best ever book you've read? Um, Influence the Psychology of Persuasion by Cialdini. Best ever way you like to give back? Um, donating back to, uh, to Carnegie Mellon University and my time or when I can uh, money because they were so great to me over the years. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in business? Ooh, four failed companies. <laughs> and what's a takeaway that you got from four failed companies? Don't give up learn something from each one. They get better every time. But if you don't grit through some of the downs, you'll never get to the ups. And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Right. Matt at LendingHome.com. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show and talking through your entrepreneurial journeys and sharing your best advice with the best ever listeners. And yeah, I, I love the example that you walked us through on when you tested the idea for Lending Home yourself and your business partner and how you, you know, just first just had a landing page with the value proposition and then spent a couple hundred dollars directed search traffic towards that 
saw that the cost is reasonable, saw an opportunity, then went to some of the people, uh, the venture capitalists that you'd built a relationship with, which ties into your best advice on finding the right people and making sure that you go on the journey with the right group. Because, you know, as you said, even as an nth time entrepreneur, you're, you're constantly learning things. And there's always something that people who are seeing different business ventures across many different aspects or different business models can teach you and can teach all of us. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. Pleasure to be on. Best ever listeners, if you're looking to take control of your retirement and you have a 401k or IRA, then check out Sense Financial. It's S-E-N-S-E financial.com. They offer you the chance to take control of your retirement accounts through the self-directed 401k and IRA programs. You can request your free consultation at sensefinancial.com.